So I'm a overly neurotic hypochondriac <laughs> who finished cancer treatment. But and now what? Did she? In a world she never made. All right. Let her overtake you. <laughs> Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. try to make cancer for breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. day, Stephanie. Oh, hello, Amy. Hello, Cancer for Breakfast community. What's up? It's us again. We're here. (laughs) We're sipping on lattes. It's a sunny day. Yeah, I am not. Mine technically isn't a latte, but I do have that uh, flavored almond creamer. (gasps) Ooh, nice. Um, We just got an espresso machine. This actually is French press. I I can't lie to you, but um, I have been drinking espresso yeah. and making lattes every day. And that actually reminds me of something that I forgot to tell you. Well, I did tell you that a friend of mine gave me a few of her Adderall mm-hmm. just for fun. Yeah. You know, how I, I like to talk about illegal drug use on this podcast as much as I can. Yeah. Um, we're adults. We're allowed to do that. Yeah. Right. But I want to get an Adderall prescription from my doctor and da 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 whatever y'all know i have no energy and whatever we've we've talked about how adhd drugs are a legit totally treatment option for chemo brain and stuff absolutely and i do think i have adhd and i do definitely think i have chemo brain and what also it's fun <laughs> no no i was i was legit borrowing these drugs um to see how they would go because if i take all this effort to get them then i want to make sure i actually can tolerate yeah so for like four days i did adderall and it was magical i have not had energy like that since like literally in years like i just so many simple things that i took for granted before i was just doing effortlessly it was wonderful and then at the end of the four days i was like Oh my God. Is it the Adderall or is it the fact that four days ago I got an espresso machine from the Buy Nothing Group and I've been just like pounding espresso? And four days ago I stopped taking my antidepressant in the midday, which I'd been doing because oh, it says take it at night. Yep. Yeah. But I had taken it in the morning and like it it didn't seem to affect me or make me drowsy. But I started taking it at night. Literally, when I got the espresso machine and started taking Adderall, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, then I ran out of the Adderall, and then I realized it was definitely the Adderall. It was the Adderall, yeah. It was absolutely. So I'm going to get that shit prescribed. We all need a little Adderall boost, a little speed sometimes. Dude, get it. It was kind of weird, though, because at the end of the four days, I was really tired. Like, oh, yeah. Really tired. And so. I did see my radiation oncologist and I mentioned it to her and she was like, I think that's great if you want to get that, but I would just worry that you're masking what the core problem actually is yeah. like for your exhaustion, which I definitely don't want to do, you know? So whatever. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. Um, You know, I also got an espresso machine off of by nothing. I know. <laughs> I like to copy everything you do. I know. You did it like you it. did it first. I did do it first. If you guys don't belong to a buy nothing group, I highly recommend it. Yes. Um, especially if you're like a weird hoarder like I am. And, and you me. Can't, and you can't get rid of things unless you like mm-hmm. see the person and you can be like, My yeah. children all wore this sweater yeah. for family pictures. Yeah. Please enjoy it. But first, tell me what your daughter's hobbies are so I can picture what she's doing in it. Yeah. Right. Same. But what is up with you, Steph? 
You just saw oh saw your docky doc. I did. I did. I went to um the cancer clinic. I had my day. Um, and you know what? Mm-hmm. Usually, my cancer clinic days are like actually weirdly fun for me. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. It's like my little vacation day where I get to go someplace and they just like hand me Tillamook singles and water bottles and yeah they're all smart and they all are nice and um I went and I saw my nurse practitioner and I had a bunch of questions for her like I don't know I think I'm just getting like antsy with my treatment because I'm Mm -hmm. my armpit has felt swollen kind of off and on where my lymph nodes Mm -hmm. were affected and like I've been looking into ways to like get rid of potentially my the rest of my primary tumor that's being kind of persistent I guess and so I was looking into cryoablation because one of the women that I went on Mm -hmm. the little pink houses of hope retreat with is a huge advocate for cryoablation which is where they like inject you and freeze the tumor we're both obsessed with this technique yeah it's really cool it's kind of like when they you know, freeze a wart and stuff. Basically, you're killing yeah. off the cells with a really low temperature. And they do it with like smaller tumors, like smaller early stage breast cancer tumors right. is one they studied it a lot that's really, really effective. But for some reason, it's still not like the go to therapy. But yeah, it's like getting your eyebrows waxed. You like walk in, they inject you, they freeze it, they th- let it thaw. They freeze it again. They let it thaw. You yeah, walk and it, out. Yeah. And it's hugely effective. It's very, very, very effective. So hugely, you know, I was asking about that and she was like, mm, no, <laughs> you know, it was like, not really. These monsters. I, I know. I mean, I get it. And she's just like, the data doesn't support it, which fine, you know, right. I get it. But and just just to let everyone know where you're at currently, everywhere else in your body with your metastatic breast cancers and a few locations of your bones that have from this first line of therapy has been so effective. Yeah. It's healed up. Yeah. All of your lesions are healed. The only remaining cancer existing in your body that is picked up is the primary tumor that has shrunk like a motherfucker. Yeah. 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 This, this so much, but it's still, it's still there. there, but it's I do very also, small. It's still there. I do also have two like iffy rib lesions mm-hmm. um, that are like kind of glowing kind of, you know, so, but they're chill. They're chill. And, it's just really hard to wrap your brain around leaving cancer in your body, right? Mm-hmm. And so I keep trying to find ways around it. Um, right. And it's just not, I get, I don't think it's going to happen for me, but she just kind of shot me down. And like, then I was like, I have all this acne. It's very much like my hormonal acne that I would get when I was getting my period is that uh, like, do we need to check my hormones right. and stuff? And she was like, mm, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's really cool and, and really smart. It was my nurse practitioner, you know. not my regular oncologist, but who would never have said it's <laughs> she fine. Would've. She would have said, let me explain why it's fine. Yeah. I mean, just kidding. I'm sure that nurse practitioner. They, is lovely. She is lovely. They definitely have different personalities, but, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know this nurse practitioner as well. She started kind of more recently, but she's great. Really cool. Really smart. I like her, but um, I wanted her to be like, yes, absolutely. We hadn't thought of that. Now Mm -hmm. you'll be cured. (laughs) You know, but But then you'd also be pissed. You'd be like, why the hell haven't you thought of that? Why am I bringing this to you? Um, But, you know, I would have taken that. I would have I would have taken the W on that one. Um, no, that is part of your personality. Be like, hmm, I told I these knew doctors, it. <laughs> I'll take my I honorary doctor. Your... Yeah, I could have your job. I just don't want it. Um, and then I was supposed to meet up with one of our listener friends, um, who you can follow mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's at the Radiated Lizard with some underscores in there, and who is also named Stephanie, who also has metastatic breast cancer, who also lives in the state of Washington, who also is queer, who also is yes. Cool. And mm. they were at the um, cancer center at the same time as me. Our schedules lined up. Yeah, second month in a row. Love and it. We were gonna meet up and say hi, and we we're on the same floor. I walk out of my injection appointment and. Um, I'm like, can, is it okay if I just like peek into the short stay unit? My friend is in there. And the receptionist was like, uh, no, <laughs> like, why, why would I let you do that? And <laughs> she didn't say that, but that, that was you, like tone. needed to flash your, your media right? badge to be like, no, I, I, I'm with cancer for breakfast. It's a podcast, <laughs> but I 
have clearance? I was like, they're seriously, we were supposed to meet up and, um, my, th- I have no service in the building and their, mm. uh, criminal SCCA Wi-Fi could like guest Wi-Fi <gasps> kept dropping. And so I couldn't no. text them. And, um, I was like, seriously, they're in there. Their name is Stephanie. And she, she was like, isn't your name Stephanie? <laughs> Oh, you just caught me in a lie. <laughs> if only it. this was better thought through. I should have said Tanya. I should have said Tanya. <laughs> um, and then my ex-in-laws who hate me were at the <gasps> cancer center too. No. I was just like, who on this whole day? You guys ruined my oh, vibe. for crying out loud. Um, you didn't talk to them? I did not talk to them. But they were sort of stood there like staring at me like, is that her? I can't decide. Um, and I just didn't want to, I, I, what, what am I going to say? Hi, is that Stephanie, our da- ex-daughter-in-law? Or is that other Stephanie that's <laughs> in the infusion room? <laughs> yeah, it was not fun. One of the parents has a cancer of some sort? Yeah, yeah. My ex-father-in-law has one of those low-key leukemias that you just have forever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like my mom's? Yes, like your like- mom's. CLL or something like there's that. There's a couple of different ones. My mom has CLL, but yeah. okay, okay. So it just kind of was a bummer, bummer of a cancer clinic day. Oh, I know, and it sucked. I like I said, I really enjoy usually my cancer clinic days. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I tell you something? The cutest thing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had the same nurse or you usually have the same nurse when you get your uh, injections, but mm-hmm. I have this rotating group of like three nurses and Mm -hmm. one of them is uh just like the cutest guy his name is Hector and um he's like a super gay Latino guy um he talks to me all the time about growing up in Mexico and like he makes Mm -hmm. fun of me for having chickens and geese and ducks and stuff because he's Mm -hmm. like I got away from (laughs) from my grandmother's farm to come live in Seattle. Why would you choose this life? And (laughs) um, he is so, so cute, though. And I love seeing him. And I just love that, like, I get to have these weird relationships with people that I see like every month or two months. Mm -hmm. He (laughs) he was telling me about his new favorite snack, which is a (laughs) what he calls a crispy lady apple. I think it's a honey, (laughs) honey crisp apple. Or maybe a pink lady. Oh, but then pink lady. Maybe there is a fusion. Maybe there is. Um, um, but he was telling me to put a piece of Swiss cheese on a crispy mm-hmm. lady apple. And it's the most delicious. And he was so excited to tell me about it. In fact, that he got out his phone and he's like, look, here I am eating my my crispy lady snack. And he shows me on his phone is the fucking cutest thing. A picture of him. Sitting on his couch, he just took a picture because he thought the apple was so beautiful. It's like got pink flesh. Ooh. And, um, but the pic- we are not sponsored, by the way, by <laughs> Crispy Ladies <laughs> Apple Company, but we're open to it. Um, <laughs> and the picture is him. The, the view is like he's looking down, you know, mm-hmm. it's blurry hands holding a blurry apple slice. <laughs> With a blurry piece of cheese on it. But what's in focus is his legs and feet that are all wrapped up in a down comforter with his little toes sticking out the end. (laughs) Hector! It was the cutest thing. So, hot tip from Hector. Crispy lady apples with a slice of Swiss cheese. I like that he did have the proof, though. He did. He's like, what? What? You want receipts that I've had this apple? You want to see? It truly is beautiful. It's a beautiful snack. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that was my highlight of the cancer clinic day. But that's amazing. I love that. What's up with you? Um, I had an interaction with a person. It's not as cute as yours with Hector, but it's relevant. And I'll share that. And then I actually want to talk about my last appointment to go to the infusion center because there was a a whole wild card thrown in there as well. Um. But recently, I went to visit a friend of mine who works at a, is it a brewery? It's like a beer bar of some sort. I don't know. But it was like the afternoon. I was driving by. It was sunny. And I was like, I'm going to go see if Kim's working. So I went and she was. And I just sat at the bar and was chatting with her. And I had a beer. And and then there's this, like this woman sitting at a booth. And she has no hair. And like her head 
is totally bald. And I'm like, hmm. And so she might have like some stubble or something, but I was like, kind of, you know, we've talked about this before where you do the like glance, you know, and I clearly have hair now. I don't look like I'm a cancer person. So there's, she's not glancing yeah, back. So you just looked like you were ogling her. <laughs> no, I was very, very secretive <laughs> about it. I was, I'm a professional. I'm just kidding. But I kind of just kept being curious about her. And I had actually, when I came in, she had the cutest, cutest cat little dog sitting next to her in the bar. And so I was petting the dog and we were chatting about the dog a little bit. So I had already like had an interaction with her. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then as I'm sitting at the bar, I kind of was like, God, I just want to, I want to know and I want to talk to her, but I don't want to be a creep. And also I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and also I was like, why do I even care? You know, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's like, why? What, what, what? Because this is, this is our life now. Ew. Ew. Cancer ew. people are, are our people. They are our people. Anyways, so I then realized I have wanted to actually cut my hair really short again, which I don't think I'm going to go that short. Not as short as her for sure. Like not buzz cut, <laughs> but like in a cute little pixie, I kind of was like, sort of liked it a little bit when I had done that. But anyway, I said to her, I thought this way, I don't feel like I'm like, you know, prying in a creepy way. Like, so your hair is short. Do you or did you have cancer? You know, because <laughs> I did, you know. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, I'm just going to say something. And I said, I love that your hair is so short. I had the exact same hair and I'm thinking about cutting it short again because I actually loved it. And she said, oh, really? And I said, yeah. And and she said, yeah, I'm a monk. <gasps> I was like, what? You know, and I was like, you're a monk? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, amazing. And so I just told her, I was like, well, I, I had gone through chemo. And so I had short hair. So I was a little bit like wondering or whatever. Yeah. But that's amazing that you're a monk. I never... Wow. Encountered that. Or I would never, ever, ever be like at a grocery store and see like, you know, a 30 something Portland girl with her, you know, yeah, dog or whatever tied up outside. You know, she's just so like she wasn't wearing a giant robe that's tied no. with a rope. <laughs> she's yeah. So we just started chatting and I was like, what is the deal? You're a monk. And she's like, well. I'm going to school to be a monk, but I'm like two years into this four year program and there's this Buddhist. Wait, monks, um, you have to go to school to be a monk? Yeah, it's like a not monastery. Is it a monastery? Maybe Buddhist that, monastery? Is that what monasteries are? I thought it was just where know. they lived. All right. My mind is blown. So you go, you live there. She said she saved up money for an extended period of time so she could afford to just be there and maybe that she gets some small stipend of some sort i'm not quite sure and then at the end of this she will be a like buddhist priest wow yeah wow yeah and but she says she's been like going to this i want to say temple but i don't think it's actually a temple it's like a center or something which is actually very near my house which is kind of crazy and i was asking her i was like are there like meditation things that are open to the public and and she was like yeah totally you should come and we started talking she was trying to recruit me no um <laughs> i was definitely like asking leading questions and she did invite me um but then i said i was like you know a lot of people who have gone through cancer treatment and that's a constant theme is this like anxiety yeah and i've been thinking about how meditation medication could help <laughs> yes i have um how meditation could help if i could finally figure out how to properly do that because i'm so bad at it yeah and um and so it's just so funny because we're suddenly i'm just like sitting at a bar in the middle of the day like talking about my cancer anxiety to a monk wow you know who's <laughs> like inviting me to come meditate and invite my friends to come meditate i thought it was cool and then she was like i know it's a little weird that i'm sitting here saying I'm a monk, but or about to be a monk or whatever. She's like, and I'm drinking a beer, but like, I'm not officially a monk yet. So I can <laughs> drink a beer in the middle of the day. And I was like, yeah, and it's kind of weird that I'm sitting here being like, I just went through cancer treatment. 
and I'm drinking a beer in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, like we were both like laughing it's, at each other. That is fascinating. Anyway, it was funny because, you know, we always assume that somebody is either just like being punk rock or in treatment. Look, monk, punk or cancer patient <laughs> is our new game. <laughs> <laughs> the title of this episode <gasps> monk punk or cancer kill mary fuck <laughs> i would definitely marry monk kill cancer and fuck punk i actually would yeah. those are my three yeah, same same <laughs> oh man oh shit um you just had well, anyway i want to hear about your zomita experience do you say zomita i say zometa Fuck. Oh, I think you're right. I think it's Zometa. Am I? I think it's. Zometa. I have no idea. I only. Okay, it's one cool. of those words that I only read for a long time, and then. Right. Right. Yeah. Same. All right. I think it is Zometa, though. You say Zometa. It is. I say so Zometa. Meta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So I've talked about it, but I am going to get Zometa, and how we were joking. We were not joking. We were terrified and joking about jawbone necrosis how that happens that's like a side effects you have to get like this dental approval before you can do it i was in the process of that which you're still in the process of because you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. i have some dental work i have to get taken care of before i can start so your jaw doesn't rot off um so yeah i had gotten the dental approval but the way it had been talked about was sort of like this, like, yes, you can do it. Yes, you're going to do it. And the point of me doing it, it's a bone strengthening infusion that you get every six months when you're in my situation, which I would be doing it preventatively to lower my risk of getting metastatic breast cancer. And so if I have stray cells in my body, which I probably do, hopefully they're just dormant and they'll never wake up or they're just going to slowly die off. Um, but if they wanted to go to my bones, which is like the first place they likely would go, mm-hmm. it would make it way harder for them to attach and build a little home and start a party because my bones would be like so strong. Be like, nobody's home. Nobody's home. <laughs> nice try, bitch. <laughs> so I was like, okay, my dentist faxed in this form saying that I'm chill to do this. And then I got a phone call the day before I'm going in just for my regular shot in the infusion room. And they're like, come 20 minutes earlier because you have to get your Zometa infusion. You're due for it. And I was like, oh, you know, tomorrow, which doesn't sound like a huge deal. But this is like a infusion. Like you sit in a chemo chair and there's a bag, an IV that is getting infused into your body. It is like chemo, which is sort of psycho to not give you any warning that you're going to be back in that chair. Like I go to the infusion room once a month, but I get my own private room. Yeah. Because they're giving me what we like to call a butt dart. <laughs> but <Bu-bu-bu-bu-bu> butt drugs. <laughs> butt drugs. <laughs> the, you know, it's a shot in the butt. So I get a private room. But also it has like a lot of times people get really bad, like fluey symptoms afterwards. Yes. Yes. For at least your first Zometa infusion, it's very likely your bones will be very, very sore. You'll be very low energy. You might be nauseous. You might have GI stuff, I think. Is that true? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. Basically, like, feel chemo-y. You feel chemo-y. Yeah. They never think about warning you. You know, like, how do they know I wasn't running my first 5K two days later? Right, You right. know, or something. Or that, like, I didn't have, like, my family coming to visit me and we're having a big barbecue. You know, like, they have to, like, let you know to prepare to be sick. And to prepare to be sitting in a chemo chair again right right anyway when i went there this is the thing i wanted to bring up on the podcast and it reminds me of when you were saying you like going to your visit days yeah you like going to the cancer center it sounds a little weird and i might have talked about this before in the podcast about how i know a lot of other people who have confided this in me and i feel the same way not that i like getting treatments but I do because I'm actively doing something to prevent right. this thing that I'm sp- constantly spinning and worrying about. Right. Yeah. And it's something that's available. You know, like I just want to do anything that's available. And so it was kind of weird because like I got my shot in that private room and she's like, well, you're already in here. You can get your infusion in here. I can go once the meds are ready, I can bring it in here. And I was like, actually, I was like, can I go sit out there? And then she's like, 
sure, but she looked kind of surprised that I wanted to sit out in the regular room. Yeah. And I didn't realize until she looked surprised that it was weird of me to want to sit out there. But I kind of, at the moment, I think I thought like, it's me. I I like to look at people. I like to be, you know, I don't want to be in some weird ass room. What am I going to look at? Like a ceiling? That's boring. Yeah. I want to overhear the nurse ask somebody if they want chips, you know, like I want to just like be in it. But then when I actually sat there yeah, and I was waiting for them to bring the drugs, I was like, is this a thing? Like, am I being weird? Like, I want to be back in this chair, but it's like, I don't. I never, ever want to get chemo again. There was something like reflective about being back in that chair, but also something that like, I think we have talked about this. Some people really do like their chemo day instead of dreading going to it. It's like, I, I get to go. They're going to put something in me to kill this shit. You know, it's like they, yeah, they want to yes. be there. They want to be where people are focusing on the shit that you're, you know, like we're talking about. Totally. And I think it's comforting. It's familiar. People are focused on you, like you said, and you're mm-hmm. taking an active part in your treatment. And that feels good. I don't think that's weird. But like, also, it's kind of a sad commentary on how little like respite normal people get when, like, know. you know, we obviously have a lot of a lot on our mm-hmm. plates. Like we have kids, we've got families, we've got, you know, jobs and things to do, community obligations and stuff. And how sad is it that we're like, I'm going to take a break at the cancer. <laughs> Someone <laughs> might offer me a Sprite, um, some apple juice. Take a break from life at the cancer clinic. I've actually heard a lot of people talk about how radiation is sort of like that for them. Like it's like this thing they get to do every single day. No one bugs them. They get to go alone. It's quick. It's, yeah, you know, painless. We could talk about that. But like the nurses all chat with you, you know, and and then I've heard people being like bummed when they're done with radiation. Not bummed. They're done. But like just like, oh, no, I don't get to leave. And yeah, the familiarity is nice. It's nice. And like, I like visiting with Hector. Yeah. I like hearing about his his snacks and apples. I like seeing my other nurses and talking about podcasts with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just like, it's pleasant. It's, it's got, you know, routine, which I love. It's familiar. Oh, you were going to say something about it being maternal or something, or is that a different thing? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I just think that like, it's like I said, it's a sad commentary kind of on like how little respite we get as oh, as the caretakers. Yeah, because, you know, obviously we should not have to take <laughs> our breaks from, you know, all mm-hmm. of the oppressive life stuff at the cancer yeah. clinic. Like I, I want there to be a time where I can just like go for a drive somewhere and listen to a podcast <laughs> and, you know, go like yeah. see people that I like, but my schedule doesn't necessarily allow for that unless, you know, I'm taking my kids someplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, you know, it's sad that that's my, my me time. Would you like to go to a Buddhist um, monastery with me and meditate sometime? I, w- I would love to try, although I am a horrible meditator. Me too. I'm the worst. I went to acupuncture the other day at this community acupuncture space. It's kind of like a pay scale thing or whatever. And um, it was so awesome. But normally when I go to the hospital acupuncture place, I have like a very specific amount of time. I'm allowed to stay there with needles, which sucks because I'm always like, just let me be here longer so I can actually get the full benefit. But it's like an hour long appointment. You're out. But at this community one, you could sit there for like as long as you want, which is really cool. And so I was like, I have nowhere to be. And I'm just going to lay here and just really get into this. And after an hour, I was like, I want to go do something. I'm so bored. And I was like, why are you feeling this way? This is this is what this is. This is this is the nothingness. This is the rest. This is the, you know, listening to spacey music and letting your mind wander. And I was like looking at the clock being like, can I just do 30 more minutes? Can I? And I was like, I don't (laughs) want to. But it's just like that thing where in the moment you're like, what is wrong with me? Like why can't i sit here yeah. and then we complain about never getting to sit somewhere i know we're we're all crazy people that's true um should we read a letter and do a rats and get the f out of here Let's this is such a like random it. jam-packed episode of gab we're chit-chatting yes let's let's do it 
I'm just going to read one letter and then the next episode will be very letter heavy because we have a ton of letters we have not gotten through, but they're so they would require too much conversation around for the amount of time we have left. So I think I'm just going to do a one off. Sounds good. Cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Har. Did you know we have a new Buy Me a Coffee member? By the way, we do. Who yeah, I'm not sure if you saw that. Uh, Carol, hi. Just joined your membership. And she said, 100% love you two amazing women. The chemistry between you two is a truly unique and rare find. Heart. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you, Carol. <gasps> Thanks, Carol. That was not the letter, by the way. I just saw that when I was <laughs> going to look for the letter. Um, okay, here we go. So this actually is something she, our friend Susan wrote us in reference to our lava lamps episode which is the one we did on alternative death practices and burials and yes. such um Daris, wonderful podcast host being a bit of a thanatologist myself i thoroughly enjoyed your lava lamps podcast i seem to remember that amy posed the question as to how ashes compost might be used well have you heard of artful ashes in seattle i haven't have you I have now. <laughs> I haven't personally explored the carbon footprint of their work, but it's a great way to artfully hold your loved one's memory close. I had them create a glass heart that carries my husband's ashes embedded in it. The heart sits on a lighted pedestal on my desk and reflects Tom's ashes as the light turns different colors. Wow. That is so cool. It's very pretty. And before COVID-19, you could go to their glass blowing facility and participate or observe the process. That is so cool. And you can see examples at their website and they're called Artful Ashes. We can link to that website. Um, Anyway, it might not be for everyone, but it sure beats ashes stored in an urn. Also, maybe Artful Ashes would be willing to support your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Now they have to. (laughs) Listen. You want to get some customers. <laughs> Love you both, Susan Sloan. P.S. I've used Safe Harbor Funeral Service in Blaine to cremate my son and then my husband. Very nice people. And they charged about $1,000. Hmm. I'm so sorry you lost your son and your husband, Susan. That blows so damn much. I know. Well, thank you for that feedback. And also sorry to everyone for going into like death stuff without giving you a nice fat warning um but in reference to that last episode it was in context indeed yeah that's so cool i've seen people have jewelry made out of ashes too yeah sort of like a resin type of situation and it can be really pretty i think like Mm -hmm. if i was just imagining it i think i would imagine something really like tacky but Mm -hmm. i've seen it done really tastefully and really neat and this heart sounds great i mean i love the the light reflection yes that's so beautiful it is beautiful and not for everybody but i think tons of people would be into something like that and i just love that there are different options now you know like it doesn't have to just be like ashes in a an urn absolutely cool 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 thanks susan that's rad i'm trying to think of something witty to say about can you do us a rats? But I think I've I've used all my wit. <laughs> I'm empty. This is my limit. We've drained you. That's all right. Are you ready for rats? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> special requests mm-hmm. from you <laughs> Amy. oh is this my rat it is your rats because is this about my mom your mama has cll i mentioned it earlier in the episode and i was gonna say she's about to start treatment but i didn't want to go on a whole tangent about it but now we can we sure can i didn't want to spoil it but okay 
I did the rats on your mom's CLL, not hers specifically, but um, mm-hmm. it's chronic lymphocytic leukemia, uh, which is a blood and bone marrow cancer. And it's actually the most common leukemia in adults. Mm-hmm. Older adults, like, right? Or adults in general? Adults in general. It's the most common leukemia. Holy crap. Yeah. But most com- commonly it comes about when you are... When you're older, yeah, older. Uh-huh. yeah, it does. So it often doesn't require treatment or isn't detected for a really long time. Um, a lot of people live for quite a while without knowing they even have it. And the most common symptoms are swollen lymph nodes, bruising that's not explained and fatigue. Mm-hmm. So obviously, like a lot of older people, we all have it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people in general have this stuff. Some people do chemo if they have a more aggressive kind of strain of it mm-hmm. or if it's really advanced by the time it's diagnosed some also do stem cell transplants um, in really aggressive cases mm-hmm. and really common therapy for the last while it seems has been car t-cell therapy yeah which we did a rats on way in the beginning of the podcast so cool though beginning of season one car t-cell therapy is so cool and weird they take your t-cells out of your blood they like get your blood they take the t-cells out (laughs) they get your blood (laughs) (laughs) they just grab a shovel and they pull out those t-cells cells <laughs> with one of those like big uh cartoon syringes you know it's just like <laughs> um just kidding they do it the traditional way and uh they like clean the t-cells and like pump them up and then they put the new and improved t-cells back into your body and that's the car t-cell therapy it's it's really neat so cool um so two patients in a 2010 trial received this car t-cell therapy um, this is from uh, AJMC article that I will link to in the show notes by Allison Incero. And mm-hmm. the patients were diagnosed, one being diagnosed, I believe, in 2000 and is uh, considered cured wow. after receiving CAR T-cell therapy in this 2010 trial. So, so sadly, the other patient in the trial was also an exceptional responder and he died of covid in 2021 oh you motherfuckers but had not had a recurrence so this is great it's can they're considered cured so Mm -hmm. there's a new therapy out and you asked me to cover this drug Mm -hmm. it's called calquence Mm -hmm. and is this what your mom is starting yeah she was diagnosed god it's been years, but they've never, ever treated her like her treatment has been like, eat healthy, try to not have a lot of stress, try to not overdo it, get a lot of sleep. Yeah. And the idea is like, this is so slow growing that you might live so long that you might die of something else. And if we do aggressively treat it, yeah, it could knock you out and then the cancer could end up getting you before you know, because you'll be so knocked out or I, I don't right. even know or if the specifics, but at any rate, I mean, God, she must've been diagnosed in like 27, six, maybe. I'm not sure. So it's been a while. Yeah. She's about to turn 75 next month and now there's this drug. And so like, she's at the point where she's already taking some antiviral medication to prepare her to start taking this pill. That's like in the mail apparently to arrive. And she's had the like, what to expect from side effects meeting this last week. So it's all, this is all very now. It's happening very now. It's very fresh. It's very 2022. (laughs) That's awesome. Calquence, I did read up on it. Tell us, because I don't know everything about it. And I'm, of course, worried. But be gentle with me. I absolutely will. There's no bad news here. Calquence is a BTK inhibitor, and BTK is a protein that helps abnormal B cells survive and grow. And so BTK inhibitors target and block this protein, sort of like a sticky shield, um, and the B cells die. So with calquence, there was a decreased risk of progression or death by 90% at a median follow-up of 46.9 months when it was combined with um, this other drug, obinutuzumab. Mm-hmm. God. 
That was very natural. <laughs> Why, thank you. I've been saying Obinutuzumab my whole life. <laughs> Obinutuzumab. Um, so then 81% decreased risk of progression or death as a monotherapy. So when it was just used by itself. So this is, like you said, something that older folks get and are treated for. So I think from what I read, a lot of times it's hard to get people who are old enough without other ailments to participate in these studies. Mm. But usually what Calquins has been used for in the past is for mantle cell lymphoma, which is a different, you know, kind of mantle. cell. Yeah. God, there are so many different types of cancers. It blows me away. It's true. Um, And so 2019 clinical trial uh, ended and it showed superior progression-free survival and favorable tolerability. So the FDA approved uh, Calquins for CLL following this uh, clinical trial ending. They approved mm-hmm. it in November of 2019 for adults with CLL. And the final data was reported in June 2021. So obviously they were like, this works, let's get it to market. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. And the favorable tolerability thing I think is so important for people who are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, like you said, you don't want to be pumping elderly people full of chemos and stuff that's going to suppress their immune systems because mm-hmm. then you get like pneumonia and that's what ends up killing you. Yeah. Or during a time where there's a global pandemic, mm-hmm. we don't want these people to get COVID and die like this poor other guy who was God, an right? exceptional responder. So um, it looks super, super promising. Um, and it's a pill that is taken. You don't have to get infusions and you just kind of take it. Right. And like side effects are like what? Like maybe a little bit of GI stuff. Yeah. And maybe some exhaustion. It's all the normal stuff. Yeah. Like GI upset, nausea, diarrhea, fatigue, you know, mm-hmm. nothing terrible. Things that can be managed with other meds. But it's nice because pills obviously have a much higher compliance level than like infusions Mm. do because people can just take the pills every day they don't have to go anywhere they don't have to do anything yeah and this obviously isn't the case for all elderly people or all people with CLL but a lot of folks have a hard time you know getting themselves places people don't necessarily have transportation maybe they don't drive anymore Mm -hmm. and so all of these factors I think make Calquins a really great option because the fact that it's a pill, I think, is really important. Yeah. Can I tell you something creepy? Yeah. On Instagram, there was an ad on our Instagram like feed or whatever, which we get weird, weird cancer ads. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get cancer ads all the time, clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But um, but this one particular one was a video and and it started playing and it was this guy like about my age going... Hey, Doc, I'm really worried about my dad starting Cal Quince for his CLL. I'm really worried. And then there was like a doctor, maybe it was even him dressed as a doctor saying, you shouldn't be worried. This is great. This is blah, 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 blah. And here's all that. And it was like this three minute ad that was acting out my real life. And I was like, this is creepy. Is this because we're a cancer Instagram account or is it because they've heard me talking and it's just coming to me um it was so creepy i hate you instagram slash i have love you follow us (laughs) sponsor us calquin no but the other day we (laughs) i was watching tv and all we get is like metastatic breast cancer drug <gasps> ads right? on TV, like Resenio and Quisquali and stuff. And, <laughs> yes. um, it was so funny because I was like, dude, do we like, because it was on regular cable, like on <laughs> cable. And I was like, do they, are they listening to us? Are these targeted ads? And Ethan was like, no, you just watch all the old people shows. <laughs> Fuck you. And also you just notice it when it's relevant to you too. <laughs> You know, BBC and um, Masterpiece on PBS. <laughs> they get all of the, the metastatic yeah. breast cancer ads. It's true. Um, I want to start an Instagram account where it's nothing but screenshots of the comments on social media cancer ads. Oh no matter, God. I've been looking at these recently. I've actually sent you some screenshots recently. It is so. It is one of the most disgusting places on the internet. 
not really, but the internet's disgusting, but, but like, it will be just an ad saying like, Hey, we're doing a clinical trial for, you know, whatever, like, uh, what's a cancer? Like, I can't name a cancer. It's not my own. <laughs> kidney cancer. Kidney cancer. <laughs> we're doing a trial for kidney cancer. Um, but you know, whatever. And then the comments will just be like, Zach Levinson <laughs> from Elk Creek, Montana will be like, they've had a cure for cancer for 45 years and oh blah, blah, blah. God, and they just do yes. like, and then it'll be all these response. Like people have enough time on a tr- clinical trial to just go. And then this one that I sent you the other day was like, if somebody needs help with cancer, like, no, no, no. It was a woman being like, I've had something something cancer and then somebody's like message me and she's like oh my gosh thank you and i'm I like no why so would you funny. message some random ass dude and then somebody else is like can you help me too and he's like message me and then i like go to his account he's just some dude and somehow i found what he was talking about and it was this thing that is like not in studies has actually shown that it like only works the few different cancers but could actually grow your cancer cells whatever it was oh i was like god what is going on anyway i'm very much rambling but i do want to have a an account where we just screenshot these fucking we should Let's we do should it. do that yeah. as a series maybe we can do it as a stories highlight on instagram uh-huh. that reminds me that the urso activism Facebook group has become a hot fucking mess. Yeah, I agree. It's a public group. And so the same kind of people are infiltrating. Uh-huh. And that's just the danger with any public cancer group. People just come in with their like, mm-hmm. exactly what you said. They've had the cure for cancer. Oncologists mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. care about you. Yeah, it's awful. It's horrible. Also, can I just say on the Urso front, we've talked about this numerous times, and I know we have to end this podcast in a second, but... They have gotten responses from Systems Oncology saying, we haven't given up on this. We're still working on it. We can't like really give you much more info, but like we'll let you know. And we're working on it. And also they've developed some other thing that's like Urso dash something something that's like similar components, but like a little bit tweaked, which clearly means they're working on something. But everyone's just like, I wrote them again. I wrote them. and And I'm like, they're working on it. They've, you know, what do you want them to do? Right. Yeah. Like, what do you want them to do? Yes. Yeah. People are like, let's march on Washington. Yeah. Like, for what? For what? These like, it's not even a drug yet. You know, like, it's not like know. they've got this horde of pills that they're just refusing to send out. They just don't have a drug yet. It's so hard. And people are desperate. And I think. There are shysters out there who will totally prey on that desperation and people who obviously Mm -hmm. like they're not oncologists. They're not research scientists. They're not equipped to understand exactly Mm -hmm. what happens with, you know, developing a drug. I don't understand it. I it's not my job. I know. I showed my radiation oncologist or I asked her about her. So she was like looking it up. She's like, yeah. It's cool, but like things work in mice all the time, and like this, this isn't that compelling to me. Like, yeah. hopefully that something will come of it. That would be awesome. She, you know, it's not like she was like, "Wow," you know. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, okay, she's obviously been in this industry longer than I have, but yeah, shit, obviously is amazing with cancer research with advances. But you know, the fact that my mom, after however many years, twenty twenty two minus. 2007 is i don't know um (laughs) finally gets a treatment for cancer that used to not really have a treatment yeah or only in very specific cases would they even bother to put the person at a risk of treating them and having it backfire you know and so yeah that's proof right there like that's why we do the rat segment is to show you never know what's around the corner. It's true. Hopefully or so is around the corner. But Jesus, chill the fuck out, people. And something like it. You know, there's yes. there's so much. There's so many different therapies being looked at and thought about and developed. Immunotherapy is a big thing. You know, they're mm-hmm. working on vaccines. Like, it's wild. Science is so fucking cool. So and cool. They're just 
thousands of people working on these things all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it <laughs> I feel bad for like all these little old ladies and stuff are like tweeting at the researchers <laughs> every day, like any updates, any updates, any updates. And they're like, I'm not even on that project anymore. <laughs> I graduated. Yeah. It's like on the same tip of like, hey, I have a cure for cancer. You know what you never hear, which actually is true. You know how like people get like pet mice and pet rats and they're always getting cancer. Yeah. Like you, you have like the classroom rat that has like a giant lump on its shoulder or whatever. <laughs> yep. Why aren't people like they have the cure for mouse cancer? They just don't want to use it because like they do, you know, <laughs> like they literally have the cure for rat cancer. It's true. They're keeping it from you. They they actually are because Johnson and Johnson owns it. Um, anyway, <laughs> for rats. who will speak for the rats? <laughs> Little Snoopy's going to die. That's actually not funny because rats are very lovely pets. They're very intelligent, beautiful creatures. Amy, if they just. Drink more alkaline water. <laughs> celery juice with their little <laughs> celery juicers. Yeah. Well, if your rat is dying, just contact Ted Marshall. <laughs> He's at Ted Marshall 4645 on, on the Twitter. Over there in Mitski, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I guess we better wrap this up, mm-hmm, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, talk to you later. Write us letters. Buy us a coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? That's it. Yeah. See ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.